Hi. You must be Terry. I'm sorry I've been hiding, honey, but this dinner was tricky. Oof. Who are you? I'm Dr. Sheila Gamble, his wife. Come on, seriously, who is that? His old lady. Sweetie, it's a workstation. Got it. When you come in here dressed like a hobo, it's distracting. I know you're working. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Come on, seriously. Come on, what? Who is that? It's the old, uh, it's the old ball and chain. Get over here. Mm. Not, not right now. Okay. Look, they're not all first-round picks, okay? Come on, are you gonna tell me who that is? Are you really Alan's wife? Mm, I know. People are shocked because he's Episcopalian and I'm Catholic, but somehow it works. <clears throat> are you gonna change? Ooh, I already did. It's no big deal. You look really, really nice. Terry, you don't have to be polite, okay? She looks kind of shitty. Don't speak to her like that, Alan. Look, if I put that in my Cosmo fashion app, you, you probably get a D minus. Alan and his apps, he loves them. You know, he's designed three of his own. One of them, can, can I tell him? Mm -hmm. One of them. You can take a picture of anybody's face, and I'll tell you what the back of his head looks like. Face back. Face back. I've got some horrible reviews coming out of the gate. It's going to hit. It's going to catch. Yeah. Why are you with Alan? I mean, that, that's not what I meant. I meant, um, how did you guys meet? It's a really typical how we met story, Terry. You're going to be bored by it. I was a dancer for the Knicks while finishing my residency at Columbia Hospital. Alan came into the ER with poison ivy on his rectum. Yes. Needless to say, I fell for him immediately. We immediately uh, spent the next three days at the uh, La Quinta Inn. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, we didn't speak. Three days of not communicating once verbally. We had actually, uh, without knowing it, had developed a, a language of... I flutters. Everybody, welcome! Hey, we have a special guest today. Travis Roy is definitely here. I am here, our regular host. Look Hello. at you! There you are. There I am. You can't see him. You can't see him, but hear, you can hear him. Hear me! Hear me now. <laughs> and a familiar face, though he is a special guest. Eric Branchum is out this week. Don't worry, Eric. You're not kicked off the show. You're still a part of the team. We love you very, very much, and we look forward to your return when you get back from the Upper Peninsula. But in the meantime, we got the. Vanilla Sky legend himself, Luke Horlbeck, <laughs> back for more. What's up, Luke? I feel like that needs to be my my handle somewhere, the Vanilla Sky legend. 
Um, Citizen Dildo, you mean? Citizen, oh, yeah, yeah. Citizen Dildo, yeah. Oh, great. Um, yeah, Eric, enjoy your vacation. Uh, I'll try to I'll try to fill your spot capably today. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem, Eric. If you're listening, I'm, I look forward to talking about all about Heaven's Gate. We're going to talk more about Winona Ryder today and Parker Posey and uh, pretty much everyone that you love today. It's going to be a really special episode. <laughs> we're going to talk about all the things that you love while you're not here. Yeah, we're going off the rails. We're doing Heaven's Gate. <laughs> I have Heaven's Gate. I got it. So I'm ready. I haven't watched yeah. it yet, but I got it ready to we're roll. Doing, so. yeah, Me too. Wait, to I was gonna, today. Yeah, I was going to do it this week, but I'm like, wait, no, I'm going to wait and watch it for when Eric comes back. Yeah, so great. Well, well I'm going to watch it this weekend, so we'll talk about All right. it this weekend. All right. Uh, in the meantime, this is a show about cinema, film, movies, Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood Land. Not a not a great movie. Uh, but a great but sign. It, it was a great sign. Uh, I actually thought Ben Affleck was a great George Reeves, but that's neither here nor there. Check us out on Instagram. We're always doing film reviews. Travis, what would you do this week? What were some film reviews? Oh, uh, well, last night I reviewed um, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek, which was awesome. And I'm ready to say that uh, I want to see uh, – what's this guy's name again? His name's James Badge Dale, who is also in Hold the Dark. I think he's going to make a great Wolverine when MCU recasts Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see him as Wolverine. Uh, so I, I, I reviewed that. Um, what else did I review? I reviewed other Everything movies. Everything you just also- said, by the way? Everything yeah. you just said, I have no idea what it meant, but it sounds cool. So, all right, well, ch- check out the, the 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 standoff at Sparrow uh, Sparrow Creek, I think it's called Sparrow Lodge, Sparrow Highway. I forget what it's something Sparrow something. Beautiful. Uh, that is where you'll find his review, Cinema Nine Pod Instagram. Send us a DM. Send us a picture of yourself watching a movie with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your in between friend. Or any type of friend. We like to have mm. all types of people be a part friendship. of our community here. At Friendship is wonderful. Cinema 9 Pod at CinemaNine.com. Numerical 9. Cinema Pod. Cinema Pod 9? Cinema 9 Pod. Cinema Pod 9. Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com. Have a stroke? A- <laughs> uh, Twitter and... Uh, oh, boy. Twitter, oh Instagram, and Facebook. It's all over. Yeah, so that's where you can find us. We love connecting with you. On today's show, we're going to open up with movies, films that could have a slight tweak. Maybe it came out at a different time. It would be a much more successful and heralded film. We're going to talk about a film that each of us thinks, ah, so close, but didn't quite work out. But maybe, just maybe, a little detail here or there would have changed its fate. And then in the middle of the show, our Does It Hold Up segment will be the other guys from 2010, Adam McKay. And Will Farrell, Mark Wahlberg, Good Times, Gargamon. So then we have an email from a loyal listener and, of course, quarantine viewing picks. So, gentlemen, let's get the first segment underway. Travis, I would love to know, what is the movie you think could have been different if uh, for any reason that you're about to share with us? Well, here we are again with this kind of like segment where I'm like, I, I like I have I have no do- like I have no place to stand in this. I'm like, I'm like I like I could do any fucking better. Like I you know like every time I would do this, I'm like oh shit, I have to like try and like come up with this movie that I think they fucked up. But like you know, of course it's all it's all subjective. Um, and and the movie I chose, um, you know, I, I'm in the minority opinion. It appears so. It's rated seven point eight on uh, seven point eight on end on IMDb. Um, it was the uh, Academy Award winner last year for best uh, animated <laughs> feature. So some people liked it. 
Uh, I'm talking about Toy Story 4. Um, oh. I, I didn't hate the movie, but I, I but I do think that there's one really important thing that made me think it's the least good of the quadrilogy, which is always a stupid fucking word to say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I, I have I take a lot of uh, issue with the character development of Woody. Um, I think that it's just I think that like. They had the whole series, they had the whole everything, his his arc, everybody's arc set up really well at the end of, of the third one, and they could have just left it there. And instead they they expose Woody as like this kind of like he actually doesn't really it's not all about loyalty, it's more about ego. He wants to be the most favorite toy, he wants to have the badge, he wants to control things and be important. Uh, and, and he's no longer able to do that. Like he feels purposeless. So he's able to eventually abandon his child, which was supposed to be a big deal. Like, Oh look, Woody's going to like this new girl. And like, no, like, no, I like fuck her. I'm going to go become a wandering toy uh, for no good reason. And on top of all of that, like not even like, okay, they brought Bo Peep back. Okay. Um, like that, that, that works. But like there were, you had, there was all these other people that like, they're just sat on the bench. Like the rest of the cast is all just back at uh, what's your nuts house. And like, um, they cut to him every now and then. And it's like, Oh yeah. Don't forget that, uh, you know, so-and-so, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. Tim Allen exists. Um, yeah, I, so I just feel like there was a lot of wasted opportunity there. Like how how like not to be morbid, but how much more time do we have with John Ratzenberger? Anyways, I mean they, they you know like put these men in the movie more. Forky was he had his moments, but overall I felt like I mean there's ten writers uh, on the IMDb page here. Like maybe that was just eight or nine too many cooks in the kitchen and um, too many just, cooks. Yeah, uh, yeah. So again, like you know. Most people disagree with me, but I think that the movie basically shit all over Woody's legacy, and I'm, I, I'm not really happy with how that one turned out. Oh man, well, I haven't seen Toy Story since the first one. That was really good. Well, hold on, Travis. What do you think is Woody's legacy that was shit on? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I think he described it right. Yeah, I, I, I feel well, like I did a pretty good job here. But as a, <laughs> well, you did a pretty good job of talking about. I don't know. I mean. And well, he became but, he, he was ego driven. He wasn't a loyal guy. Yes, that exactly. Like that, like before, it was always. I mean, like so he's, then he's still so loyal. Then he to was the, loyal, and that was a good thing. Well, he was loyal to his child, and he was loyal to his fellow toys. But he ends up leaving them all at the end of the movie, I guess, for himself. Which, like, okay, like it's important to take care of yourself too. But I mean, I'm not saying like there wasn't that there was no value to be had whatsoever. I just felt like they spent three movies setting up this character to go this certain way and to be like a pretty admirable, if not necessarily believable, but he's a fucking toy. We don't need to humanize him too much. <laughs> okay. Got character. Yeah. I'm with. I'm with you. Yeah, I wish I could comment more because I'm not caught up on the series, but uh, I take your. It sounds like a very sound logic, and I feel bad for Woody. It feels like he got a raw deal. Maybe there'll be a fifth one. What do you think? God help us. No, thanks. Stop. <laughs> Just stop. Stop it. Stop uh, it. Right. Down. <laughs> Luke, uh, I am dying. I can't wait. I mean, I'm literally dying. Well, shut Does up. that make sense? We're literally dying every day, so it's technically true. Yeah, we are literally dying, yes. Yes. It is, uh, is true. What did you choose, man? I can't wait to find out. Did you go wild? Because people have the wrong idea about you. I mean, the fact, wow. just on a side note, that you chose this movie this week. The other guys was Luke's selection. In case we didn't mention that, 
Luke chose other guys, and Eric and Travis were very shocked last week when we announced. Yeah, that. yeah. So did you tell Eric you and know. Travis the other three selections I gave you? I you sure said, did. Nope. You nope. said nope. It's already been selected. You did not. I did. First, the <laughs> first text I sent back to you that was the one. Yes, I said I definitely said that, and then I said, "Well, you know what? Fuck it. If you want to change your mind, go ahead." But then you're like, oh, uh, "I don't think you did." No, you said it's well, already locked in. Literally you showing you the in. screenshots. If you're gonna challenge my authority and my honesty, <laughs> I'll show you the screenshots. But, anyways, uh, you said it was locked. I can't in. wait to see what you chose. I can't wait to see what you chose. Come on, listen come on. to old friends talk about movies. It's a blast. Oh, oh my god, god. yeah, this is the best. That's the best. <laughs> well, it's the best experience for me. Um, yeah, so like I was, boy, I, I was just rifling through a ton of stuff. Uh, but I came across came across a film that I had granted. Got, all right, remember the time two thousand eight? Uh, Shyamalan was pretty big deal. Uh, fairly early on, he had had a couple of really bad ones. And then I was like super excited for this really serious movie that he put out. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. It's called The Happening. Oh no. <laughs> and on paper, let me just let me just give you, I just gotta give you a quick, just the quick uh elevator pitch. In New York City's Central Park, people begin dying of mass suicide. Initially believed to be the cause of a bioterrorist attack against airborne neurotoxin, the behavior quickly spreads across northeastern United States. High school science teacher Elliot Moore and his wife, Almar, convinced Elliot's mathematician colleague Julian to accompany them and his daughter Jess on a train to Philadelphia. During the trip, the group learns that Boston and Philadelphia have also been infected. The train loses all radio contact, stops at a small town. Julian learns his wife has uh, left for Boston. Uh, for Princeton, uh, he decides to go look for her and trust. This movie sucks. Why you give us the whole, the whole thing? <laughs> well, yeah, we don't need this. That's the, whole, that's the whole thing. That's the problem. That was the yeah. whole thing. Uh, the, the funniest thing about that movie, and like the the biggest, the the thing that I've always taken away from it, and so we're talking, <clears throat> we're talking seven years. Uh, this comes out seven years after nine eleven. They have, they literally have a. Um, an actual like, you know, simulacrum of the World Trade Center and people jumping off the buildings, uh, committing suicide. And it just it was like that moment where I was looking at Shyamalan and I was like, this is like this literally is is completely undermining anything good he ever did and confirming all the bad shit he did. And is also like uh, converting him into into a, uh, a weird I, I don't even know what you want to call it. A, a weird, uh, not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, he turned into uh, kind of just the, the the pulp of like his own delusional persona. Uh, it just, it he regrouped though later, you know, very recently I saw a split, you know, I saw the visit. Yeah. I saw, you know, like glass was good. Good, yeah. good. I'm not even a Shyamalan back. fan, and I like those. He yeah. came back, and he was like, "All right, I will show you." He still has a deranged uh, fetishization of of people that have mental illness. It's actually quite concerning. Uh, he looks at everybody with a mental illness as if they either are like a superhero or are going to kill everybody in the in the room. 
But otherwise, you know, the, the happening was one of those, you got Wahlberg. I mean, you have, uh, but he was checked out. He's checked out in that entire performance because it's almost like he knew, what am I doing in this movie? This is a fucking terrible movie. And you can just feel it. You can feel it through the entire film and there's nothing there. But the world itself is attacking humans. That is actually a decent premise for a film, but does not at all. Uh, it has no it has no nails. It has no teeth. It doesn't do shit, and it's it's very off putting. It's almost it, it could have almost been the perfect movie for something like a climate change. It could have been like a climate change movie. Then all of a sudden, you know, Paul Schrader does First Reforms, and he shows you how it's supposed to be done. Oh, have we ever talked about that movie, Forest Reform? Have we? What did it go? Uh, yeah, so The Happening, fa- fa- famously bad. Um, yeah, famously know, terrible. I, yeah, I, I, at this point, I'm not even going to shit on it. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> at this point, I, it's, it's almost amazing to me. Like, I think it's going to be remembered for its badness. It'll be a classic in its own way, like Reefer Madness or hmm. something. Um, it's people. It, it stays in the zeitgeist in ways that uh, 2008 movies aren't often talked about. So mm-hmm. got that going for it, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I just I, thought on on paper that was a movie that that literally looked great. Also, the trailer looked amazing. The trailer was. I don't know if you guys can remember the trailer. The trailer for that was phenomenal. I was excited to see it, even though I wasn't excited about a Shyamalan film. And, well, I know uh, Eric yep. picked uh, the village last week for his movie to get out of movie jail. So yeah, I was going to mention the village too. Shyamalan's yeah. getting a lot of a lot of love here to try to just could have changed a few things, or but maybe the movies are better than they appear to be. That's yeah, he's got he's, he's got some skill. All right, Mike, what about you? <laughs> he's got some skill. You know, you know he's, uh, he's not totally clueless. Yeah, he can make okay, movies. so he can make movies. It's really hard, you know. I, <laughs> I feel like Travis, when we do like the top three, there's so many choices that I had in front of me and it's hard to decide. And I wanted, I kind of wanted to do Rise of Skywalker, but in the end, that trilogy's trash overall. So I'm not even going to try to like say what could have been because they're all, the other movies are, it's movie dependent. You know, it's not just its fault or its problem. So I'm going to leave that be. And I think, I think I'm going to go with uh, a movie that Luke really likes a lot and a movie I kind of liked, but I thought it could have been a lot better. And that was 2006 Miami Vice by Michael Mann. Now, it was oh, not. Oh, boy. Not what, <laughs> it was not what people <laughs> were expecting for those of the uh, who were familiar with the TV show, which Michael Mann was a part of as a producer. And yeah. I think he was involved, but. This version, the movie version with Jamie Foxx and Colin Farrell was very um, non-fun. Uh, <laughs> it was all business and very, it was like a Christopher Nolan take on uh, <laughs> like Miami Vice. Like, it was all the business. gritty remake. Yes. Yeah, so no, Chris, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan is, is taking everything from Michael Mann. Michael Mann would do nothing. He's taking nothing from Christopher Nolan. That's an interesting discussion. Maybe we should talk yeah, about Yeah, well, it. I mean, we just, 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 just periodize it. Just bring it back. Just bring it back. Michael Mann yeah. has been doing this shit since the 80s. Mm-hmm. Nolan has been doing this since the mid-90s and not very well. And then he starts getting tons of money and he puts it into shit like 
fucking was the dream sequence one that never ends. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't you dis- dude? That stupid fucking movie that just that oh, yeah. it's like a dream like and a dream and a dream and a dream. You're a dream too cool. You're too cool to yeah. remember the name for it. It's just so <laughs> hip. That, I like, can't remember. Oh, Inception. All right, stop it. Stop it. Not too cool. <laughs> Maybe amazing just practical effects of that movie. The whole twisting hallway thing. That was amazing. Too cool for school. This guy. I pretend like oh, you're yeah, the blown away by hallway. Inception. The twisting hallway is amazing. Well, you can well, give Michael Mann doesn't guy. get credit. No, Michael Mann's amazing, right, right, but Miami Vice. I didn't. I didn't even see Miami Vice, but we should probably let Mike talk some more. <laughs> no, that I mean, in <laughs> the end, it, it, it is gritty and tough, and it's got great, great uh, shootout scenes that you always expect from Man. Nobody does it better than Man. I mean, going back to Heat, obviously, that's, the, that's the pinnacle, the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, but. I just thought it was going to be something different. I want to put myself in the moment when it came out and how I felt as opposed to how I feel now. I've actually grown to like the movie more recently, but at the time, I remember when I lived with Luke we, back in like 2013, 14, we argued about it. I was like, that movie is trash. It was garbage. It wasn't fun. and It was way, taking itself way too seriously, but as I get older, I kind of like taking myself more seriously. But at the time, mm. 2006 Miami's Vice was not what I expected it to be, and I remember leaving the theater displeased and because it, they had ju- sorry, it wasn't because, fun because it wasn't fun okay yeah it i don't i don't need the pastel colors and like all the bullshit of the 80s the white suit yeah, and yeah. the see you might need that and that's i think what the general public definitely needed that i didn't okay. need that as much as maybe some you got jamie fox is a funny motherfucker and he just does not get a lot of opportunity to be his funny self in that film yeah, I know that Michael Mann was, you know, he got to start with Miami Vice and stuff. But, like, if there was ever a movie that was going to get made that was just tailor-made to be handed off to Michael Bay, it's like, there you go. Have fun. <laughs> make, make stabbing of him. Who gives a fuck? I think, he, I think Michael Bay tried. tried to do that. What was that? Uh, pain and Gain? I th- that was set in Miami. He basically tried to do that with Pain and Gain. I'm not kidding. Oh, uh, well. He was probably mm-hmm. pissed off that he didn't get the rights to Miami Vice. I, I think you're right. I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm like, I own Miami Vice. I'll just call it. No, no. It, My, Michael, uh, Michael Mann is a complete control maniac. Fort Lauderdale no Cravings. <laughs> Everglades bozos. All right. Well, yeah. So there's some interesting choices. Uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have a film that you think could have been better? Could Waterworld have been amazing if Kevin Costner was never involved? Fair question to ask. Let us know. Cinema 9 Pod at protonmail.com. Cinema 9 Pod, numerical nine. All right, it's time. Does it hold up? Dun, dun, uh, does it hold up? 2010's The Other Guys. This is a film <laughs> by Adam McKay, starring Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. Steve Coogan's in this. I love Steve Coogan. The Other Guys. Let's get going. Let's dive into it. It's been 10 years. Adam McKay, his rep has changed completely in the last 10 years with the big short and Vice making him more of like a, I don't know, like a reputable, like serious or academy. Oh, what's that? His big boy pants. He's he's, he's yeah, he's yeah. He's like, I academy, big boy movies now. Yeah, the Academy. Yeah, right. He's a big boy pants, Academy worthy type films. But uh, Travis, what was the last time you saw this movie? What was your opening thoughts about this? Oh, man, I, I'd, I'd already watched this movie in 2020. I had actually just watched this movie like probably <laughs> in January or February. And But I, then I watched it again yesterday. 
Um, I had not seen it in a long time when I watched it in January, February. It's just a, it, I'd probably not seen it in five or six years or, or more. Um, uh, and then I watched it again yesterday because we have a podcast. So I watched it and uh, now I'm prepared to talk about it. And I am definitely surprised um, by Luke, your choice here. I, I, I was like, are you sure you didn't mean like a 1970s Arthur Hiller film? Because I'm pretty sure that Luke only watches 1970s Arthur Hiller film. <laughs> but uh, no, it, uh, I would be very curious to see this text message uh, screenshot, by the way, I'd like to know what the other contenders were. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. the other guys was, uh, you know, it's, uh, it gives us an opportunity to talk about the career of Adam McKay and the, uh, we talk about Will Ferrell a little bit more, and uh, you know, uh, not my favorite of the McKay Will Ferrell team ups here, but it's a movie. It's a movie. Wow, that's harsh, bro. I mean, I like it though, right? It's not fun. It's a movie. Luke, why'd you choose this film? What was the uh, thought process? Did was it just a random thought, or is this yeah, really yeah? It's, this is yeah. <clears throat> this is a random thought. You said, you go, pick a movie. We need one right now. This is how you text. I don't know. People that know Mike Mike will know. This is how we text you. Uh, Give me this. I need it right now. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening right now. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. Other guys? And he goes, yep. And then I said, wait a minute. Here's three other movies. And he was like, nope. It's locked in. You said other guys. That's how it goes. So... Here That's what we're oh, stuck wait, wait, with. Wait, wait, wait. Here it is. What we're stuck with. I'm actually, I'm actually, oh, you got the text? You got the text? All right. Lay, All right. Lay it, lay it down. Here it is. Lay it down. Yep. Is, is there a place you want to go with this movie recommendation? Uh, you said the other guys. I said, great, let's do it. And then you said, okay, sounds good. That movie rules. Uh, I told you the segment's called. Then you say, copy that. Then you say, maybe rounders or something like that. And I said, you already chose it. It's done. So that is true. I said that. <laughs> And then you say, that's an odd one for analysis. How about Evolution, 2001, uh, Ivan Reitman oh. film? And I was, I love both. I love all those movies, so I would have done any of these. And then, uh, then you responded, oh, LOL. All right, let's go with it. Then I said, you could change your mind. We don't announce until tomorrow. So, Oh, oh shit. Okay. The record right. speaks for itself. Luke. It. And you said, other guys yeah. is great. It's actually fun. I'd also go for Gremlins or at some point, Small, oh, soldier, fuck you. No, you don't do bird. gremlins without me. You don't do gremlins without me. This. I have you to be on the, the show. I have to be on the show. I have to be on you the show. You will be on the show. Right. I just want to, I want to make we'll the last point and then we can move on from this boring ass conversation. I, you said, How is this boring? Gremlins. This is great. Listening to two <laughs> you said, How about gremlins or at some point, small soldiers? And I was like, Dude, small soldiers would be awesome. I would do no that. One. I would have loved that one, but uh, yeah, that's the one I really wanted to do with small. So they, well, I got, I got closer. I, I, I got better recommend. Yeah, but at the time, I sent you Small Soldiers, and it was already over. I don't understand. Every time I talk to you about movies, it's just 1960s and 1970s. That's all I get. I'm just trying just, to. I'm just trying to. the only like, movies that exist to you. And then, but and then this is Cinema by, 9. I like romantic comedies. <laughs> Luke loves but, class but, warfare, man. Luke loves no, class warfare. No, no, no. But yeah, I do. I do. Class no, I I, I hate class warfare, but that's the one thing I want to talk about all the time. But here's the thing. Uh, I, I, in, it's the context. It's the context. I, I don't know what you guys want to like review. You know, if you want to get into it, let's get into it. Let's do like real movies. <laughs> we would do. Well, we that, was do a, that was that was you chose. 
that was the interesting thing, I guess, about doing the other guys. I mean, this is the second time we've done a comedy. So I, I do want to do comedies. I think it's funny that it's our second Will Ferrell comedy. Um, I do want to achieve exactly yeah. within like right. three weeks. Yeah. Um, but I also like, um, I wish that there was something more here um, because like there isn't like mm. a lot of room for analysis. I did find it in this interesting mm. thing. I mean, it's an entertaining movie. There's Don't get me wrong. I laughed multiple times while watching the movie. It's all over the fucking place. The tone is just, it is all over the place. Um, but um, it, it's got, a, it's worth seeing, but like, I don't know. Like when I, when I watched the movie like this, like taking notes and stuff, I'm like, okay, for the podcast, I got to get all serious and thinking about it. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, these guys are just terrible cops. Every one of these guys, just terrible cops, especially our heroes are like firing guns off inside. At one point, Mark, Mark Wahlberg takes Will Ferrell hostage at gunpoint in the fucking police station. Um, They're firing off their guns in the bar. At one point, they're just like in a time of like, uh, like a reckoning of, of abuse of police power. To like watch this movie now and be like, hey, look how much these guys enjoy abusing their power. Um, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just a, it's already starting to feel like kind of a relic and an oddity. So, so in that sense, it, it was fun. And and again, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely funny moments throughout. But like, it, yeah, it's a fucking weird movie. It's all over the place. That's actually a really great point. I didn't thought mm-hmm. about that at all. Um, the clip. <laughs> My favorite scene in this movie that I do recall most is <laughs> when uh, he comes in to badger him about being the predator in the wild who's going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, and Will Ferrell goes off with a whole tangent about being a tuna and he's going to use kelp to <laughs> absorb oxygen and go on the land. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So dumb. Oh, that's... <clears throat> that's basically what's I mean, happening that... in this whole fucking movie. No, that That's... Uh... Yeah, so this is this is probably the most oddball recommendation I could have possibly had. Uh, it just it literally it popped in my head and I sent it to Mike, and uh, then I started watching it again. I was like, "Oh dear lord, this movie, this movie is as there's nothing there is nothing there." And so so com- <laughs> comedy. So here's the thing. Here's the funny thing about comedy. Um, you know, if you Comedy, comedy can be used to completely instruct people and also undermine the, the, the structures of power that actually put into oh, yeah. place the things that oppress everybody. Comedy can make them fools. Uh, by doing that, it makes the people that actually, you know, run to the polls or, or follow the rules, like start to feel awkward about, right. you know, being in allegiance with, with any type of power source that is actually being made fun of to, to effectively utilize it is a powerful thing. Now I've realized while watching this as, as funny as it is, I realized while watching this, the fact that Adam McKay is, is stepping into a transition. He's got one foot into something that is actually material and makes sense and is important. But he also has his Talladega Knights foot still on the other side. Yeah, and right in the middle of his style, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh shit! Yep. Oh my god! In the oh, I forgot to do the standard thing. We always do this when we announce a film. Uh, we didn't talk about the ratings. Let's do that real quick. Side note: so uh, it's got a six point six on IMDb, which is you know, about average, right? And Rotten Tomato score 
The critics loved it. 78%. So the critics, that's a surprisingly high critic score, I thought, for this movie. Uh, audience score is much lower at 60%. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a oh, little bit weird. of a gap. Yeah, isn't that weird? I thought... You'd think the other be, way around. Yeah, so did I. That's exactly what I thought. I would think so, too. And then as far as uh, reviews, people's comments on this, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of rotten tomatoes. For the critics loving it, there's a lot of rotten tomatoes. But then there's like, it depends which page you go to. There's like seven pages of reviews. One page could be all positive and lovely red plush tomato. Are tomatoes plush? Or are they uh, juicy? Are they? Oh, yeah, they are juicy. Juicy. Here's one. Let's try this. How about Christianity Today? Brett McCracken says. Should be good. The other guys, <laughs> the other guys like the testosterone-heavy frat pack films, which Frank Farrell is known for, is a buddy cop film that's at once savvy, nostalgic, irreverent, and heartfelt. Aw. Isn't that nice? It's lovely. How about the, nobody nobody cares. Okay. No one cares about these people. What about David yeah. Sexton from the London Evening Standard? That sounds very official. The other guys have surprisingly energetic action sequences, shoot 'em ups, and car chases, and even a bit of who done it plot. How about that? Pretty cool. And I guess. La- <laughs> okay. Lastly, yeah. last one. Let's try a negative one. Uh, this is from Adam Woodward from Little White Lies. He's got the gold star for top critics, so you know he's special. Hmm. A forgettable, a forgettable yeah. addition. I'll start following him. Yeah, Adam Woodward, everybody, hit him up. Little White Lies, gold star. I might, I might actually hit him up. Well, let's a, see what he says first. He says one, <laughs> one fucking sentence. A forgettable addition to the McKay canon. Period. Wow, that is pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I kind of have to agree with them. To be honest, I, I like after, you know, I I made a thing for the um, Instagram account the other day where we like you know posted like all of the McKay movies other than Anchorman Two, which is more forgettable than this. Oh um, yes, yeah, it's not good. But um, but this was this is probably the weakest McKay movie. I think I would I would think I would probably. I mean, there again, like there's. Let's let's talk about the good moments for a minute. Um, uh, to start with, we've already discussed it off off uh, off pod. Um, Bobby Cannavale weighing in with the best joke of the whole fucking movie. Just cut the shit. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about everyone have a nice day. Um, there are moments like that that, that just pop in that like um, that throughout the film that are really hilarious. Um, you know, Steve Coogan's got a pretty great joke in there uh, or two, you know, but like, it's hard to like do an analysis. Like, Oh, that's a funny joke. Oh, that's a funny joke. Um, so <laughs> there, there is, so there's definitely a lot to enjoy here. Uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, like you, there's a lot of people popping in. You got uh, not just Eva Mendez, but um, you also have like, um, I can never say her name. I don't Natalie Zaya or Natalie Z, who's just like gorgeous, who plays his ex-wife, uh, Christina. Uh, and her and the guy that plays her husband, mm-hmm. Brett Gelman, who cracks me up. He's he's in everything. Um, he's amazing. Yeah, he's so funny. He's just a little typecast, but so just, <laughs> just so golden. Good. I fucking love that guy. Um, and, and 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 Hollywood must too. And, back and, here and sleep with my wife. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, Ice T is a narrator, stroke a genius. Yeah. Um, you you got um, you know, and of course the Rock and Sam Jackson coming in um, for their They're big moments. It. Rob Riggle right. in this. They're all popular. Rob Riggle, all right. people. It may even be too much. Like the wriggle way and stuff. I'm like, why are you guys in this movie? Like the the scenes that are just them. I'm like, why is this, why is this happening? Like, why am I being? This doesn't even need to be here. 
You got Michael Keaton. That's it's the cast is killer. It really is. Keaton is maybe the one of the best parts of the movie. Um, his jokes, I think, actually, like all that TLC stuff in there is really funny. Well, yeah, um, what's this like resurgence stuff. Keaton too? Like, yeah, this is he'd been gone for a while. Yeah, this was a surprise. This was this was like what the, he'd come back. I think. You know, he'd done like something. He like he had. He did some indies, some low budget things. Yeah, it wasn't completely out of the blue. I, I guess I could look, but I'm not going to bother. Um, but yeah, it was. He, it was definitely <laughs> like the, the the beginning of his comeback, and uh, and he's one of the funniest and best parts of the movie for sure. There's no doubt about it. That's why this movie is the funniest movie of 2010. Says nobody. <laughs> the truth is, 2008. Correct. No, it's 2010, buddy. 2010. Yeah, oh no, the happening was 2008. Yeah, oh, you you just <laughs> gotta go back to the happening, man. You're upset. Uh, yeah, no, but you know, yeah, sorry. Keaton Keaton did. He, by the way, Travis Keaton was in Toy Story three in 2010 as Ken. Okay, and I yeah. didn't know that because I've never seen that. But yeah, it's otherwise he was just in a series of films that nobody remembers. He was in Herbie Fully Loaded in 2005, and White Can't Noise. White Noise in 2005, the legendary White Noise trash. Don't forget. Yes. Yeah. Who could forget Garbage. that trash? The death knell of his career, so, or so we thought. <laughs> but this also came out... See, this movie's funny. It is funny. And the thing is about Will Ferrell's previous efforts around this time, uh, you know, there's the... Uh, what is it? The semi-pro, the basketball about the Flint Tropics and all that shit. It's so bozo. It's yeah. dumb, but it's kind of funny. But he also was in uh, Land of the Lost, which is a disaster. Oh, I never caught that one. Didn't bother. Mm. Me. Well, the only Will Ferrell movie reviewed that I haven't seen. It was not. Should reviewed that. It's not actually funny. not bad. Really? It's a good movie. Yeah. I hear it's. I hear it's unfairly lambasted, but absolutely. Uh, but it absolutely unfairly lambasted. It doesn't click. I saw that movie, and it doesn't click like this movie does in terms of comedy. Like the delivery in this movie. No, it, it doesn't. It, it makes the difference. That, I guess that's my thought. That's how I see it. Because Land of Lost came out the year before this, and it was a bomb. That's a fact. Okay. Well, you know okay. what? You know why this movie didn't like watching this movie so closely this time. The reason why I think it didn't work for me or doesn't work for me as much as other McKay movies is because I, I, to go back to Luke's earlier point about it being like this weird in between for McKay where he's like kind of doing two things at once. Like the movie starts and you have like this this uh, relationship that's like established and like these characters that are established. And as the movie goes on, but then like, but first, before even that, like, hey, this is like a last action hero, ridiculous kind of like, we're going to throw uh, cars like through other cars into buildings. <laughs> it's going to, you know, the classic fucking wrecking ball heist, you know, everyone, everyone who could forget that, you know, like this is there's just, like, it's just, like, you know, insanity and not believable. And of course, and then our, you know, the main hero is the beginning here. The regular guys kill themselves for no discernible reason. They jump <laughs> off the building that they say aim for the bushes, but there's no bushes. We don't really know why they kill themselves and then things get serious again it becomes like a serious kind of movie for a while it's like hey i want to be a real cop and like hey i'm i'm, I'm the stodgy pencil pusher guy and the movie kind of goes along like that for a while and then it kind of goes burr, 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 and eva mendes is uh introduced and all of a sudden it, it gets like goofy and weird and like and like is this, is this emotional abuse is he emotionally abusing his wife is this comedy i don't understand what's happening here and then it just gets even further off the rails once Gator gets into it. Once Gator gets into it and the whole pimp backstory is is established, then the whole movie, I'm just like, what am I supposed to, like, what is even, like, is this Anchorman or is this, like, you know, something that actually has, yes. you know what I mean? Like, I don't, how serious am I supposed to take this? Because it was just so, it's just kind of, 
I don't know. There's all this shit going on with Mark Wahlberg and his ex-girlfriend that's like so half-baked. I'm like, why are you doing pirouettes right now and making another homophobic joke? Like, this is not necessary yeah. in the movie. Uh-oh. I don't know. I, it just felt half-baked. A lot of it did. Yeah. Uh, Mike, do you have something to add? No, I wanted to hear what you said. It's, you haven't talked to him in a minute. I'm surprised. Man, I, I, I don't know. I know that towards the end of the movie, one of the uh, big landing jokes is like a prison rape joke. And oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I hope you like whatever and penis, you know, when they. Oh, yeah. The Cake and penis. And it's like, all right. All right. So first of all, you're, you're arresting a billionaire. I hope you like prison White. food and penis. Yeah. Yeah. Prison food and penis. Yeah. So. You're risking a billionaire, white collar crime. He's gonna go to prison. Right. Hope you like your and, living room and, and, and get and get fucking raped like poor people. No, he's not gonna do that because that'll never fucking happen to him. Yep. That is also a massive fucking disconnect here. Yep. The idea that there's justice being meted out by these people to these particular people is completely fucking unrealistic. I think. It's a weird moment for Adam McKay because Adam McKay is actually super, he's super smart. And I think he cares about these things. But what he does is he relies on all the old, all the old uh, mechanisms that, you know, first of all, gave him success. But he's also really, really fucking good at all these tiny little uh, chamber comedy situations. He's so good at it. And and then you start realizing I'm like fuck I'm I'm an hour and a half into this movie, and and not a single bit of plot has even happened, and and not that plot is like not, yeah, ultimately to me the, the 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 foremost thing, but but the plot doesn't roll out until later. It's almost it almost doesn't roll out until the end credits. That's honestly, kind of the whole point of the movie, and it's complicated. Like I'm like maybe I'm really fucking stupid, but like the no. actual the actual like Ponzi scheme, all that stuff that's going on in the like the actual like there's like they're trying to like like zero in on like the, the police unions funds or something like like, like it's just and I'm like <laughs> what is actually happening like I like like is and, and like maybe it's my fault for not paying close enough attention probably, but like it also just seems like startlingly more complicated for a movie that can't seem to decide if it's dick jokes or if it's like satire jokes. Like <laughs> you know you, what I mean? Yeah, I feel like you paid more attention than others, <laughs> Travis. You should be proud of yourself. I'm with Travis though. I'm with Travis though more on, than on a lot of this because I was I was paying attention very closely, uh, especially because it's like, all right, I'm guest on the podcast. I don't want to fuck it up like you did last time. So now <laughs> didn't fuck now it's very time. important. I know I have, I have like a be- beautiful mind notes set up here and uh, none of them, the none guy. of them are relevant. None of them are relevant anymore. Um, Why not? For good reason, for good reason, because I was, I was also following along very closely and, and here's something that, that occurred to me. I don't know. Towards the end of the film, I was like, fuck, I have been dutifully taking notes, trying to track what's going on because I'm thinking there might be something I'm missing. But the way the comedy works for Adam McKay yeah. is so scattershot. Yeah. And it is so, it's so, uh, it's just that chamber comedy, it doesn't go anywhere. None of it actually undermines anything about the power structure that he's trying to critique. 
in a way, it's like he's letting the comedy get away from him. He's so good at it, but at the same time, he's not good at wielding it against the actual system. And and he could be, he could be, because he is so skillful. Oh my well, god! Like I mean, some of those short. action sequences are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the big short and Vice and stuff. I mean, that is absolutely he is, he is, like, my point. Right. So I mean, like he's like there's a it's not an accident. This is like the last like straightforward comedy that he's. Done. I think he just. I think he just. Maybe he also. Lost the interest in it. Maybe also he it kind of feels like it. maybe just there. Yeah, it feels empty. It feels oh, he did like, Anchorman. You know what? I need to do something done. more important. He did Anchorman two after um, after yeah. other guys. Oh, that was okay. 2013, and he's like, "That fuck this, no more of this." He came back for that paycheck yeah. because yeah. I'm sure yeah, he made paycheck. a paycheck. He probably was, did it. Pressure for yeah, it. Yeah, sure. yeah. He probably did it so he could do the big short. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Exactly. I either it, I wouldn't be either. It's a better movie. Yes. And and, um, and like this movie, um, the other guys like since you have strong actors you know riffing and, and comfortable and like uh, a, a decent script and you know but mostly like good comedic actors um like you're gonna have a lot of good moments that are funny and, and so you can just kind of watch this movie and let this wash over you and be entertaining if you're trying to like do what me and luke are doing which is like search for deeper meaning not <laughs> necessary you could stop doing that um you can turn this podcast off now <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, there's just frankly not uh, a lot more there to be there, and and that's okay. Not everything needs to be, um, you know, uh, some sort of great, you know, meaningful piece of art. Um, that said, I, I do think that uh, Will Ferrell's character Gamble, whatever his first name is, is a bad husband, and he's a bad cop, and uh, the other guy. <laughs> joke didn't mean to do that but the other uh-huh. um you know hoyts or whatever hoyt um the, the Martin, yeah he he is also a bad cop um you don't give him a gun like you know give him a wooden gun and uh and put him in in, in charge of like uh you know traffic and he'd probably be fine but but that's but that's pretty much it like nobody's really like that's 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 I got nothing else to add to this. I feel like uh, right. Oh, hey, all right. Hold on. to extrapolate. Yeah. Over. Yeah. There's not. There's only so much to do here. What? Hold on. Hold on. What? No. No. Travis, hmm. you and I can do this for ten hours. Do we have to, to though? No. 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 We no, really no, don't no, have no, to. No, no. People got lives. People got lives. I get it. I got a theory. Uh, I do have a theory on this and, and honestly, I didn't want to make it like some kind of timely, I didn't want to do some timely relation to like what's going on now, but (laughs) when we, when we're focused so much on cops and I think this is probably one of the first times in other than the last time, uh, you know, other than, you know, Freddie Gray and Eric Garner and, and all these other completely fucking justified uprisings uh, very recently too. the very fucking recent this stuff is is never fucking going away uh this is a thing that that i don't know everybody doesn't want to hear but it's not fucking going away uh until something actually changes nothing's actually going to change with the way that we've set things up now anyway so anyhow <clears throat> All the cop, all the cop situations in this, all the real quote unquote cop situations in this, like the, the cops that are deluded, the cops that are excited, the cops that love to pull their gun out on people and feel yeah. fucking 
like activated. They're so fucking activated. They're in that. They're in a, they're in a group. They're in that like that group of people in. Uh, you know, they're getting therapy because they pulled their gun out on somebody and, and they're supposed to be reckoning with the, the impact of that. Except, you know, um, Bobby Cannavale is, is talking about how he pulled his gun out once. He never shot it. And everyone is acting like he was in fucking Vietnam and he fucking took out a bunch of people. Like, they're all so excited about his story and it never ends. The whole thing, every single time that you get a sort of whole real cop, right, right. it never fucking ends. It doesn't stop. Nobody is wow. actually put, no one is actually told they're wrong. Like that keeps, that continues over and over and over again. Throughout and if, the that had, if that had been like the point I think it would have actually been a stronger, funnier movie. Um, kind of like if you turned sure. them all into like um, just like, you know, characters and, and made a parody of everyone. But instead, we're supposed to kind of root for Gamble and Hoyt. Uh, and then that scene, that scene you're talking about, Hoyt is like he explains for supposedly he's, he hasn't never talked about it in six months. And then he just rattles off this story like he's told it a million times. Um, but what, you know, what he had done as as a cop on duty, he shot Derek Jeter um, at, 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 during the World Series or something during a game because he shot a man at a baseball park for holding a baseball bat. Like, you should not be a cop anymore. You don't get to be a cop anymore if you do that. Like, like well, I'm not going to root for this character as I watch the movie. I'm like, well, fuck this guy. He has no business as a cop. But again, no, like, it shows how movies are created so fast. Ten years later, poof. This movie's dated as fuck. That's part of it. Yeah, it, it dated as ah, fuck. Wait, very wait, wait. But, 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 hold on. But there's but another not, part of this. At the same there's time, no it's not. Whole, uh, I know what you're gonna say in a sense. No, but there's. No, you don't. There's a whole. A there's a whole. <laughs> really? I could be wrong. You're gonna. Admit you think me. you know what I'm gonna say? No, I think Mike say I, what he was gonna say. I think what yeah, I yeah say what I'm gonna say. I think as soon as you were gonna talk, I also realized at the same time that it's not dated because these type of cops are out there so even though it's dated in terms of how people view it negatively and they don't want it to be a part of their society on a general majority they're still out there so it's not and that's actually has nothing to do with you i just realized i wanted to say that so go ahead that's not what i was gonna say but uh i agree with you i think i just said that uh, no i agree with you you did a good you did a good job of you know filtering some of the kind of current cultural angst, you know, and, and uh, kind of wrapping that against the shit that we're talking about. But at the same time, here's what I'm thinking. This is my theory. Wait. You have all these people, uh, you got these, you got this, these energetic active cops, these action cops that, that get all the, they get all, the, they get all the cred. Um, during the process all the people that hate on the accountant, right? Uh, they are these these weird ancillary players. We're the haters. It's it's not it's not them. It's us. It's like uh, we're like the Rob Riggle people. Like we want to bust balls on the the you know accountant guy, you know, and and just say like, hey, you're not a real cop. They they play this weird middle ground where they're not they're not actual cops. They're they're basically translating like what the people want, you know, to the cops. Then I feel like that's that's actually us. That's actually us just saying like, "Hey, listen, paper bitch," <laughs> and that's that's what they call Will Ferrell. They call him paper bitch, which is hilarious. Yeah. 
and and the heroes in the end become the accountants. But this is the point I was trying to make. The heroes in the end are the the accountants doing the paperwork, following the paper trail, finding the actual evil that's actually going on that actually makes everybody's lives fucking precarious. And then we realize that's not really the case in the end because, uh, like, you know, cinematically speaking, uh, what everybody wants and what actually happens is a big, huge shootout with a bunch of action, you know, action stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With Mark Wahlberg and all that, like the accountants don't actually win. And then in the end, the absolute end is that the accountants never fucking won. Nobody went to fucking prison. No paper trail fucking made any difference whatsoever. There was no material change whatsoever in the system at all. At all. It is still exactly as it was in 2008. And we we're talking 2020. So 12 years later. 2010. So 12 years if it wasn't 2010. Second. 2010. What happened in 2010 years? 10 years. We got to be clear about it. But you get, get what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah. The idea is that, like, we're going to lionize, we're going to lionize this, this, you know, accountant type. It's because it's funny because there's a comedic element to it. The lion and the but tuna. It doesn't, it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually at all get to a point where. Uh, anything actually happens other than he arrests the goofball billionaire that is stealing police pensions, which is also the ultimate fucking evil. Stealing a police pension is the ultimate evil. It's not about the stealing of fucking everything all over the country for fucking everybody. It's literally the only time that you can make a movie about this shit is if they're stealing a police pension. And police, in the end, all they do is vote Republican. You are listening to the Luke Horlbeck show. The time is <laughs> thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, you are, you are, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, oh, that's that's what I got to no, say. That's, that's a, my pers- personal. Oh, opinion. that's a good shit, man. That's a great personal opinion. That's it. You just did what we said. What Travis said might not be able to be achieved. You really found a lot of depth to the film. Ten hours? No, you really did. So. Travis, come on. I, do you really hate talking to me that much? Is it that bad? Uh, no, 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 no. I, oh, I, it's not that I don't want humor. I'd rather, I mean, like the podcast is going to be the same. The episode is going to be as long as we usually make it, which is between an hour and hour and a half. I'm not worried about that. I just um, like, you know, I feel like, uh, y- you know, there's only like I'm making these criticisms here of this movie, but like I'm dancing about architecture because, I mean, at, at the same time, like, you know, if you just throw this movie in and watch it, yeah, you're going to laugh. You're going to get what you expect out of it. Um, like if you're expecting, if you're trying to get, you know, it's not the producers. It's not election. It's not a comedy that's oh, saying wow. something. Correct. Right? Like, election. It's, it's, oh, election is still a masterpiece. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite yeah, movies. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, that's, that's the reason I threw it out. So, I mean, like, it's it's not one of those kind of comedies that's, that's really going to, like, you know, it, it doesn't really lend itself to the kind of analysis maybe that we're – that, that we're, we're giving it today. I will say that, um, you know, I don't think all this bit, like I, I did not like the peacock flying at the end. I did not need to see a CGI peacock coming in at the end of the movie. I felt like that was a terrible punctuation, but it, again, like the movie starts and ends silly because it's a silly movie. And um, yeah, there is like this bigger plot going on that like, um, you know, that, yeah, it does kind of feel like he's already gearing up towards a big short, uh, in this movie, um, 
And you know, you get you get David Wallace, whoever the fuck the guy's real name is. You get some other actors, you know, in there. You get you get a lot of people in there. It's 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 fun entertainment. Um, but you know, I think I've said all I could really say about it. Well, this is happening. It's very important to know this comes out during the Great Recession. It's 2010. It was filmed in 2009, and to miss that would be absurd. In fact, that whole element of this film is very much important. I think anybody who watched this film in the theater in 2010 was probably looking at this like, "Yeah, let's get this motherfucker." You know? Yeah. The end credits is like all like Ponzi scheme history stuff. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that that's the whole thing. That that is the dovetail into Big Short. It's all these, it's all the, all the graphs, all the, the iconography and the the statistics that we all already knew. But a lot of people that were watching movies like other guys didn't know. They had no fucking idea at all. They weren't reading books or anything other than that. Like they weren't reading shit. So it's good for them to see that on screen. However, what's weird to me is how Adam McKay skirts the entire thing until the, until the closing credits. It's almost like uh, he knows, everybody is aware, uh, everybody understands that there is no sellable, commodifiable product whatsoever if they put any of that into the actual movie. So what you have in the movie is 143 minutes or an hour and 43 minutes and – Fucking uh, basically, uh, hours so 60, 85, 95 minutes, maybe 100 minutes is maybe completely dedicated, maybe 120 completely minutes. dedicated to silly knockoff comedy that means nothing. But it's it's funny, but it's also it's also the weird thing that like Adam McKay is using to like screw himself into the ground. He doesn't he's not connecting the dots and he's not using his powers for good. And he doesn't understand how to connect the two until he gets to the big short. When he gets to the big short, he actually does a good job of connecting the dots. He actually does a very, very good job of of making hay with his with his craft, with his art, with his comedy, and and the uh, current cultural, economic, socioeconomic situation, he actually does do that. Does a good, good job of connecting those uh, those dots, create a, a real apparatus. And, and yeah, and I'm I'm not going to argue against that, but I would I will say that like I mean, after shitting on the movie somewhat, I mean there is value in simply a laugh. Yeah. Right? I mean, like th- th- there is value sure. in making a movie. For sure. Yeah. That's the that's first point across funny. my mind when he said that. Yeah. I mean, the healing it's, power it's, of laughter. The healing power of laughter. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, yeah. Well, so, I think so, one reason I, one reason I brought that up mostly is that I, I thought this was a different movie than when I recommended it. And then when I watched it, I was, nice so I'm like, you thought it was a nice guy's. <laughs> I just made that joke, <laughs> but it was a good one. No, holds up. No, yeah. That joke holds exactly. up. Exactly. It always holds up. That holds up. All right. All right. So, does it hold up? Let's fucking end this. Does this movie hold up or not? You know, let's That's end it. Bottom line, I mean, there's there's more to talk about. No, we're moving no, on. Isn't. Does this movie hold up then? But is it that simple? We're moving on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say ultimately, 
I'm going to give it the yes. It holds up as a brainless comedy, which it's always been. If you try and put some pretense over it, kind of like I have today, um, then you're going to you're going to come out disappointed. If if you want, uh, I mean, it's not as good as old school, but if you want that kind of level of comedy of just time killing brainlessness, maybe you're packing or cleaning or something like I was when I was watching it. Um, then you, you could do worse if you're if you want something that's uh, you know deep art, put, you can put on the laugh a minute you know requiem for a dream <laughs> and do that instead. So do what you want. I'm gonna say yeah. Yes. Yes, it, it, it holds up as a as a as a middling comedy. <laughs> so Luke, is it that simple or that's too much? Um, yeah. Well, I, I actually do think it's that simple. I think. What's what's fascinating about this movie is that it has just so little in the inside. It's it's like a it's like a weird pastry. You know, you bite it and you expect to have like something in there. There's nothing in there. It's just like a, one of those hollow pastries. You're but then you go to Pleasure Town is, and then you don't go. There. But this is also yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. But this is also this is also Adam McKay making a a true step from one genre to another and this guy you can tell it's almost like it's almost like he didn't have the uh awareness or the awakening until like the last two days of shooting and he was like oh shit this is gonna be what we should do is make this real and then he he just let's just pump it all into the fucking end credits because there's no way to make this as part of the real movie. And like, like if you think about how, how quickly the, those types of, those types of uh, socioeconomic patterns uh, were condensing over that time period. So you have 2008, that's what literally just happened. 2010, this comes out. When does big short come out? 2012, 15, 15. So big short comes out in 15. So he took a lot of time to think about that. And he's also, he's also a genius. He's like, uh, he's an Asperger genius. I never listened to him talk much, so I don't know much about him personally. Other than Yeah, you wouldn't because he doesn't do, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. I think, you know, Talladega Nights, I think this is the work of a genius. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Travis. Exactly what I'm talking about. That left foot that comes in, that that the, the foot that's stuck in Talladega Nights ruins this movie. Yeah. This movie had so much more potential and could have been yeah. absolutely fucking bomb. I mean, I don't know if it could have been amazing. It, it's a detriment. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. That makes but there's also there's also good things about just real quick, real quick before we go. I just want to say, like, they're like we're not leaving know, yet. Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan's perfect. Oh god, we're stuck here. You're not stuck here. <laughs> it's one hour. It's one hour, by the way, we've been recording. So come on. Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan is a bumbling billionaire, and he's perfect. I love Coogan. He's perfect. Yeah, we were just talking Coogan. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about Hamlet too last week. Well, yeah, we talked about him a lot last episode. I guess that's why we 
kind of didn't get too much into it today. Which you know that because you listen to all of our episodes. I know you do. <laughs> I didn't listen to the last one. No. <laughs> we talked about Hamlet too. It was one of Travis's viewing picks, and Coogan. Travis so good looks at like that. he's got the. Travis looks like fucking Bane. Hmm. He looks like he's got the uh, the whole strap on thing with the, that uh, for Bane. Yeah, on his face. It's actually just a microphone that I'm holding it's to like my face. And and headphones and glasses and a beard. So when I'm oh, looking yeah. at that in a shadow. It all looks like Bane. It looks like one of those dummies' heads that are on someone's nightstand cool. that they put their headphones on when they're done cool. with them. You ever seen those? Is this entertaining for you listeners to have them describe what I look like? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's it. That's what I'm here for. Other guys, did it hold up? We want to know. Did you watch it? Have you watched it recently? If you have it, put it on. Uh, it's on Netflix right now, correct? It is. Excellent news. Go to Netflix, watch it. Support Netflix. That's why so, I watched it. They don't advertise on our show. We're going to tell you that's the quickest place to watch. Check out the other guys. Does it hold up? <laughs> Write us at cinema9pod at protonmail.com. Cinema9pod at protonmail.com. DM us on Instagram, cinema9pod. Send us a picture of yourself firing up the VCR to watch a VHS copy of the other guys. I don't know if that exists. Good luck finding it. Yeah, it's a rare <laughs> item. You probably want, want to take it out of the box because it'll immediately lose value. Okay, Travis, I heard we have an email today. Is that true? It's true. It's email friend time. Uh, our friend. Well, first of all, we got we did get a message from uh, host of the show, Eric, who says, "My spirit is with you. Good luck, gentlemen." So, thank you, Eric, for that fine and kind note. Uh, as for friend of the show, Chris, he he says this. He says, "Hey, fellas." Great last couple episodes. Rewatched two recent musical biopics, I, or biopics if you prefer. <laughs> I watched Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man the other night back to back. I know a lot of people had issues with BR. I like Bad Religion, especially how much they fudge the mm-hmm. story. I really enjoy the movie and Rami's 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 performance. However, I'm starting to think that Taron Edgerton, Taron Edgerton, Taron. I, but that guy, <laughs> his performance may actually be better. And Rocket Man, Rocket Man, <clears throat> and Rocket Man is more of an enjoyable movie. Obviously, hard to emulate two icons of music. I feel slighted by the fact that Rami isn't truly singing in the movie, which I'm inclined to agree with Chris on that one. It's a combination of voices. Taron sang every part of that movie, and it's just a more complete performance and film altogether. He really zoned in on all of Elton's character arcs, and I wonder if over time his performance may become more revered than Rami. Just seems like a more entertaining and true performance. Thoughts. Wow. So I guess to boil that down, thank you, Chris, for that thoughtful and uh, detailed message. Um, did either of you see Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody and or Rocket Man? Well, I'm going to jump in here because I watched both of them in within three days of each other last fall. So I hadn't seen either of them. And then I sat down and knocked both of them out. And I completely agree with Chris. I thought Rocket Man was a much better. I couldn't believe that uh, that. Rami Malek won an Academy Award for fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, that's where we are now? I mean, uh, Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles, he did a great job in that movie, and I could see giving him the Academy Award. If we're looking at biopic examples of singers, but fucking uh, the Queen movie was... uh, I always think, what would it have been like if Sasha Baron Cohen had been able to have been Freddie Mercury in the first place when all that bullshit happened and Brian Singer... There's so much bullshit that happened with that movie. Brian Singer being... The scumbag he is, and he's technically the director on name, but he didn't direct the whole film. And I, I, I have a strong preference for the honesty, the more raw nature that you get to the drug use and the 
overall uh, psychological trauma that Elton John went through in the uh, whatever the fuck it's called, Tiny Dancer. What is it called? <laughs> Rocket Man. Rocket Man, right? It's some song Rocket of Man. his, yeah. So, yeah, I yeah, agree with Chris completely. I, I, I don't know. Luke, did you see either of those? No, no, no. I have no interest whatsoever. No, oh, all right. No comment from Luca. I love music <laughs> yeah. movies. I, you know, going back to La Bamba. I do too. You know, no, I, I hate uh, bi- biopics. Are to me like this the fucking biggest waste of time. Well, they're done so poorly, and they're just ego blowjobs. No, they're they're worthless. They're no, they're ego. Yeah, so all you're supposed to do is create a, create a, a again a simulacrum of like the actual thing. Yeah. Like you're just trying to replicate a thing that happened. So why don't you just do so it? You're trying to get documentary? You're trying what to get a book buy-in and all that stuff. There's what a lot of going to it. It's not that simple. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna weigh in here on on this one. Good, really weigh in, weigh in, I, please. I think that there are some really great biopics, and I think that some of them are even ones like about what? Music. Get on up. Get on up is a fucking fantastic biopic, man. Uh, the James Brown one. James, James Brown, yeah, you, uh, with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, James, not a dog. He played, it's not Jackie a Robinson. He played James. Yeah, with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman can say more about uh, James Brown than James Brown could say about himself in a real documentary. Is it, that what you're saying? No, that's not even remotely fucking close to what I'm saying. Who are you? What is? It this? sounds like right it now? sounds like that's what let's, you're saying. Let's see what he is saying. I'm I'm saying that I think that biopics are a valid form of entertainment, and I think that um, uh, taking the story of someone's life and and having it either be writ large, like uh, like Get On Up, or maybe like a section of something, like uh, what was that Winston Churchill movie with uh, Gary Oldman, where you take like a you know, like a moment of their life. Yeah. Um, Coal Miner's Daughter was like, amazing. Sissy Spacek was. Great. Yeah, I, I I love. I think there's a ton of biopics that are great, and 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 I'm Ooh. I'm surprised that you are so much against them. But also, I'm not the world's I'm biggest documentary. I'm not the world's biggest documentary yeah, guy either. I, I, I like a. I like a, I like a story. I mean, you can do that with a documentary. Don't get me wrong, but um, I like fiction and I like fictionalized tellings of things. I'm okay with composite characters. I'm okay with things being told a little bit. Well, I'm okay of, with composite characters too. One hundred percent, hundred percent okay with composite characters. Yeah, but in the end- but but what 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 concerns me is the is the idea of people asking, do you think this person did a good enough job in this role? And I think that is probably the most like useless question there could possibly be it's like that's a comparative did they did they translate it did did they translate it fine but what good is it if they did a good enough like job who is going to make that decision you're minimizing what he said and there's a lot of minimizing it because he made a comparative study about somebody who did they offer all the talents by singing and acting and using their own voice to try to reinterpret a work that's a difference. But what's the difference if they use their voice to interpret a word? Because it like, shows a- it's not their work. The work is the person that they're interpreting. Hmm. Well, now you're making me question everything, and now I think nothing matters. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just an dick, asshole. I'm just an asshole. That's how oh, I if you am. start doing it's that, okay. you start realizing that. Yeah, it's okay. I'm a dick. What's the point of that? I get it. I get it. I like I like biopics and I like I like both those. Yeah, movies. that's okay. That's okay. There's I don't a lot hate of all shitty biopics. biopics. I don't hate all biopics. I just I just think that if you're just trying to copy like what's happened in real life, yeah, uh, and then it gets no. edited, and then it goes through, then it then it becomes a movie, then it gets edited, then it's like 
what on the fucking earth are we looking at here? You know, the You're worst biopic of the life? last 10 years was the fucking NWA movie. That was terrible. It was like a oh wiki- my god! All it was was a Wikipedia article, like a what a, a joke. Here we're there. We're here now. We're here now. We're exactly. here now. We're there. Oh, well, and then there. can There's you Snoop imagine somebody being like, Dre. oh, did yeah, exactly? Because they're like, oh, did, did they do Doctor Dre really well? And I wanted and to like, love it. I wanted to love fuck? it. Who yeah. cares? People, it made a lot of money, and I wanted to love it. Well, but even there wasn't like an emotional connection because they didn't get in like nitty gritty honest details. I don't need a retelling or a, a restaging. Like, look, we created the the uh, reimagining of that moment when we were at Joe Louis arena and we got arrested by the cops and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. Oh my I, God. All right. I can read about that. I, I, I think I, mean, I thought of something. I didn't know that we we're going to turn this into like a, a, a <laughs> biopic. Um, but a lot of times also. Sorry, I, Travis. I, Travis. Sorry. Luke contentious. Never. Yeah. It's contentious. Um, uh-huh. fun. Sorry. <laughs> but I, um, I have a, con- I'm in a contentious mood. <laughs> but, um, Oh, wait, what was I going to say? No, oh, fuck it. Uh, Just recorded. We're talking about straight out of Compton and uh, biopics. And you were like, whoa, yeah, wait a minute. Maybe it's gone. I was going to make a point. Oh, no. Okay, it's back. Um, You know, I, I think that part of the fun is that like, okay, so take NWA and probably why you wanted to watch it. Like you are familiar with these people um, and you respect these people, but like you maybe weren't old enough to really appreciate like, you know, seeing an interview with these people, right? Or like following their life or who, or whoever we're talking about. Okay. So I think that like, you know, like I didn't get to see really a Freddie Mercury or Elton John even so much at their, at their prime. But to watch a movie that's based about them, you get kind of like a vicarious experience of that. And that's that's fun too. I mean, I, I, I think that there's a lot that can be gained from, 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 uh, from biopics. I don't think that they're all necessary, especially since they – they, they can get a little um, formulaic and typical, which I don't look for. Uh, but the, but it's true. They can. They can be like, oh, rise, fall, drugs, women. Yeah. Right. It, that's uh, why, dude, dude. That <laughs> if you, and if you're doing that, then no thanks. That is why Dewey Cox is one of the best comedies of all time. It just tears to shit. Uh, unfortunately, Johnny well, Cash's so Walk the Line, which, you know, that's a great movie, too. I love Walk the Line. But it basically just does that premise of oh, good times were good, and then they were bad, and my someone didn't love Ray, me, that's and, the same thing. and then I was addicted to something, and and actually all the music is original in Walk Hard, and John Riley sings it. So to me, that makes me buy into that even more. I love that send up of a biopic. That is one of the best comedies of the last twenty years. I really believe that. He's a uh, he's a working uh, bluegrass musician. Actually, he yeah, produces he, albums. He was in with, fucking uh, Chicago. He's yeah. a Broadway legitimate singer. So so in the end. Biopics, you know, Chris, if you went back to your original question, Chris, I think that I would go with the Taron Edgerton performance. I agree with you. Otherwise, in the end, biopics are something that they happen all the time in Hollywood, right, Luke? It's just like a, unfortunately, it's like a a disaster point that Hollywood has developed. It's it's easy money. It's easy money and it's easy money and none of them them ever done None of them have ever done anything to elevate the the art form whatsoever. Pick pick one. You could call Amadeus, right? Yeah, that's uh, a fucking joke too. We know we know about Amadeus. Like we know about Amadeus because uh, we've all been well been friends for a long time. But he farts Amadeus at the piano. Amadeus. He farts at the piano. That's all. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not that great, and it was never that great. And the fact that it's about a great man means that people automatically assume some greatness while watching it. Yeah. Like, 
you have to remember that, like that 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 was actually that was a Milos Forman movie. Yeah, what? and Tommy and, Holmes won Academy Award. He's he's also great, and he got an Academy Award for it. But he didn't get an Academy Award for like ten other fucking masterpieces he made. Yeah, man. So he gets a masterpiece for that. That is basically what happens in uh in in Tropic Thunder when he's like talking about what Me? you get an Oscar for. I know who I am. You get an Oscar for you get an Oscar for like you got to play you got to be uh, mentally challenged or you got to like you know play a woman that wants to be a man or whatever. I am Sam. Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. Oh, you know, in the biopic for lazy screenwriting because the painful. story is already created, so you don't have to come up with an original screenplay. And you could just retell events. It's great for screenwriters. Who no, want to mail it in. That's, well, that's no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you if if they do stand out as being something other than that, like get on up, um, then you know, then you're gonna have something special there. Okay, I got to see that. I want to right. check that out. All right. So yes, thank you for the email, Chris. Really interesting thought, and uh, probably the most provoking email we discussion we've possibly had on the show so far. We love your email, Cinema Nine pod at protonmail.com cinema nine pod numerical nine pod at protonmail don't worry a kinder uh, host will be back next week <laughs> oh let's close you're, up you're a kind and beautiful and tender man a, kind, a kinder and happier host that won't take you to task will be back next Fuck week that. bring it on i love the challenge you know what we all want to agree on everything in the end uh, no challenges man no challenges that's what makes a good show let's close the show with our quarantine viewing picks it's that time of the show right. where we give you stuff to watch and if you like it, great. Wait, hold on. Why don't you request uh, people to watch something that you review the next week? We always do that. We tell people the movie we're going to review the following week, you know, before we do it, so they can watch it along with us and uh, engage. Oh, is that what this is right now? You're talking. Oh, do about we have this? one for next week? Did we figure that out? Speaking of, yeah, you guys should. Uh, uh, well, well, this week we're going to do listener requests, so we're going to post it. So not today. Yeah, this is the first time okay. in many. Probably since like episode four that we haven't done that ahead of time. But you're right. Speaking of that, we're going to do a <laughs> listener poll. So chime in on Instagram and let us know which movie you want to watch. And uh, we'll just make a choice based off what people chime in with. Having said that, Travis, please. I love getting your viewing picks every week. You always have a potpourri of interesting stuff. Ooh, I have so many. Travis is the best, actually. I'm the best. Thanks, guys. You are the best. <laughs> we're always looking for the oh, best. I have so many. I have, all right, I'm going to try, I'm gonna try and be um, succinct here. <laughs> Because I, I, it was a good week for viewing. Um, I watched uh, Colossal uh, from 2016 by uh, the. I can't, his name's Nacho Vigalando, I think his name is the writer director <laughs> of Time Crimes. Um, this is starring um, Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis in a role you haven't quite seen them in like this before, and uh, it's a really, really fun and weird twist on uh monster movies it's it's uh like a classic kind of like monster destroying uh city movie but at the same time that is very much in the background and it's really like this very like uh personal story about someone like trying to find themselves at their own at their old home uh, so colossal it's on hulu i definitely recommend that one um, I watched, what else did I watch? I watched, um, Gryffindor's tribe from 1998, which I'd never seen before. You watched it. I watched Gryffindor's <laughs> tribe. Officially the world's most problematic. Movie. You did it. I've never, I've, I've never seen a, such a blatantly like they're in blackface for like half that fucking oh. movie. It came out in 1998. <laughs> it is like, it's bizarre, man. Like watch it as a, um, 
as an experiment because it is just holy and fuck. it's just wildly inappropriate through like the whole movie not even just the blackface shit like the jokes it's a family movie and like there's like these dildo jokes and shit like it's fucking weird wow. um so that was the weird bad movie i watched this this uh this week um i also watched um uh you know okay i'm gonna save this one for for last the the, the main one that i watched i'll go ahead and talk about that now well, okay. I, I watched Capone. I mentioned that 2020s Capone speaking <laughs> biopics in a brief moment of their life. Hey, guess what? It's Tom Hardy in a weird voice. It's Tom Hardy with a weird voice, but this time he shits and pisses himself. So check that out. That's great. If that's appealing Is to it you. Better than Gotti? Um, John Travolta's Gotti? God, it was. I don't. I didn't see that. To be honest, I, I didn't see you that. But uh, Capone was. Capone was well directed, well acted, and terrible. Um, now the best movie I watched. I'm gonna. I, the one I want to uh, talk about here. I want to ask you, are you ready to take Seth Green seriously as a filmmaker? Because it turns out this dude has been sitting up. This guy's been around his whole fucking life, basically. I think he was born and was like, a, you know, and then immediately started acting like that day. So, he, you know, he's always been around and reinvented himself multiple times. And like, he's not someone necessarily that I think, I mean, I like him. You know, I don't think great actor. I don't think great writer. I don't think. You know, I just kind of like him. He's been around. You know, I kind of took him for granted. There's this movie. I don't up. think great director. Right. You would not. But there's this <laughs> Definitely movie. Not. Well, bear with me because there's this movie that he did that came out last year um, called Changeland. And one word, Changeland. And uh, he wrote, directed, and stars along with his best friend in real life. Um, Matthew oh, Lillard? Fuck is this dude's name? No. Um, Brecken Meyer. Brecken Meyer. Yeah, Breckenmeyer. Breck, I haven't, I haven't seen Meyer in a while. It was nice to see him in a in a supporting yeah, role. Yeah, I've here. seen him since Franklin and, and Bash. It's been a while. I haven't seen him in anything. Um, Franklin and Bash. Yeah, was he Bash or Franklin? Movie, I'm not sure. I, I never saw I that. Ever. Um, but this movie, Changeland, it, it probably does the best job I've seen uh, at capturing like the ephemeral quality of those like the, those rare like the greatest night ever. Like it's just like it feels. Like, I've never been to Thailand. But I, and I don't think I need to go after watching this movie. Like I kind of felt like I went to Thailand, and it's easy to like show off your director skills when you're like filming just in gorgeous environments and like these beautiful places. And that's and that that makes what he does easier probably. Um, but it is a really well directed movie. It looks really great. I mean, it looks fantastic. Um, the story is compelling and um, bittersweet and sad and like when it was over, like I was emotionally affected in ways I was, I was not quite expecting going in watching uh, this random ass Seth Green movie. Um, so I, uh, I don't, again, like as an actor, like, I mean, like it's, it was kind of weird to see him as a leading man, though he was perfectly capable in the role. Um, but I, I think this guy might have um, some serious directing uh, ability in him and might, might really surprise us down the line. Well, he ran the so whole robot out. chicken Change thing, you know, he did. I mean, it's not, yeah, but he ran that. He knows what he's doing. He's a pro. Interesting. Wow. See, you never know. You never know what you're going to get recommended on this show. <laughs> what do you got for us? What is it? Uh, what is it that you're looking for? Quarantine viewing picks. Even like one or two movies that you'd like to recommend people watch that maybe you watch. Usually, yeah. something you watched recently, but it could be something you haven't watched recently. Just anything you want to recommend. All right, so actually, it's a movie that I want to watch that I haven't watched recently. Uh, the Conversation. Ah, uh, Gene Hackman. Uh, so you want to go back to the, the 70s? 
we're talking about one of the greatest movies ever made. Also, Francis Ford Coppola. My favorite, my favorite Coppola movie, by far, by far. I like it better than I like all of the Godfather. Yeah, in between both the Godfathers, it's crazy. Who gives a fuck about those? Um, yeah, I agree with you there. The conversation is fucking amazing. Uh, another one that people do not know about, and I I can attest to it, just given. Uh, hold on, I'm not gonna attest to it. Here's what I'm gonna do. Panic and Needle Park. I'm gonna assume. I'm gonna assume that most people do not know about Straight Time. Straight Time stars Dustin Hoffman and Emmett Walsh. Well, good old Emmett. And it is a phenomenal movie. But the the thing that also elevates it is that it has probably the best car chase scene in history. And this is in the context of The Driver, which is the Ryan O'Neill movie directed by Walter Hill. And also, uh, also the fucking Billy Freakin movie, French Connection. So you have these massive these these car chase scenes that are that are they're in the pantheon. No one has ever watched Straight Time, and no one has ever seen that shit on screen. It is unfucking believable. I would say rent Straight Time, watch that immediately. Also rent Driver, not the new one, the original. It's absolutely amazing. And that's where I'm at because I'm not able to watch a ton of movies. So I'm like, hopefully I can live vicariously through other people that are like able to like jump on those, jump on those boats and do it. All right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah Interesting yeah. recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Man. Sorry. What are you talking about? Taking too much time. What are you talking about? Those are great. Good job. Well done. I'm taking too much time. <laughs> no, I went on for like 20 minutes. When when you take too much time, you don't apologize, and then when you take the right amount of time, you're apologizing. That's funny. You're a funny guy. Man. I apologize for everything because uh, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a stuffy stuffy suburbanite. Fucking hey, we love you, Luke. Thanks God for coming on the show. Buddy. You know, it's been a real Be nice to my yeah. friend Luke. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, all right, see you. <laughs> uh, I watched this movie and it's so bad. I don't want to recommend it, but I just I watched it, so I should tell you I watched it. Yeah, it's called The Fanatic. Anyone, anybody? The Fanatic mm-hmm. 2019 no. mm-hmm. direct, starring John Travolta. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Fred Durst. That's right. Yeah. You got it, Luke. Fred Durst directed and written. Fucking unreal trash. It's so bad. Is it better or worse than a talking cat? I haven't seen a talking cat, but I (laughs) I actually think a talking cat's better. And uh, it can't possibly be any better than any. I mean, this movie's. John Travolta's haircut is just so legendary in this film. That's the best part of this movie. He's so committed. He's so committed. (laughs) Mullet, shaved sides, heads, shaved sides, mullet, and he's walking around with the backpack on most of the movie. He's like yelling at himself, and he's throwing his hands in his air in the air, and he's walking around like a like he's supposed to be under some type of disorder. He's got like some intellectual disability. It's not. Uh, he got Aspergers. It's all about him having Aspergers. Yeah, it was so stupid, man. I I don't think I paid attention for the last forty minutes. It was on. 
That's good. But I'm not That's really good because uh, I'm not really sure what happened, man. Good. I'm not really sure what happened. Beyond. It's the worst thing you can pay attention to. Uh, but then uh, I definitely, after we talked about Howard the Duck last week, I went and watched Howard the Duck, and uh, I had a great time again, man. Oh my god, I had a great time watching George Howard Lucas? the Duck. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's technically directed by uh, what are that guys Willie Nyqual or whatever the hell he was. Um, I thought it was George. George Lucas director. is the producer. He's, he's a producer of it. Yeah, yeah mm. he lost a shitload of money on it, but. I watched it. It was fun. I had a great time. He's doing okay. Just like I said. But he lost what he lost the change purse that he had next to the Star Wars game. Yeah. He just pulled the change purse up and he was like, oh, fuck, it's empty. He was like, all right, I'll just go to the other change purse. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's way bigger. It's hard to argue with your logic there because what he does is just create money out of thin air and he's done it for a long time. Well, you can't argue, you can't argue with rich people just having so much money they don't know what to do with. Anyway. Well, rich people. I mean, if they're going to make actually decent Marvel movies of the 1980s, no, they're not. Then I say, then I say thank you. I mean, if they'll you think about it, it. Dude, if you think it. about it, no, this is fact. Uh, Howard the Duck was one of the only good, <laughs> good you know, this relative, but one of the only only good comic Mar- Marvel adaptations ever until like 2000 or 2001. So, uh, you know, if that's where he wants to spend his money, I say thank you, Mr. Lucas. I loved it. It's fun. Oh, it's a fascinating, fun romp, just like I thought it would be. And uh, then I watched Clueless because Eric watched it too, so it was fun. I hadn't watched Clueless in like ten years, and I always enjoy watching that film. So, otherwise, I hadn't watched Jack Squad. I've just been busy. So there you go. Those are our. When is the last time you watched Heather's? I watched Heather's like two weeks ago when we did the uh, Winona. Did you guys review it? No, but we did like a Winona Ryder top three performances slash roles slash movies. But you know yeah, that no, you should that review Heather's. Heather's, though. Heather's is good. I love Heather's. Are you kidding me? I'm also the biggest takeaway from. But Heather's is worth critiquing. It's not just of good. It, it actually has something. You Who's arguing with you? Nobody. You just go, oh, it's good. That with it's you. Not good. How, how can I clearly define it to you? The masterpiece, the incredible satire, the parody, the amazing take it has on high school realities, populations, cliques, uh, fascinating, quirky little cliques, nerds. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not that's not anymore. Bonnie and Clyde thing. Right, that's fine. That aspect of it? What do you want? That's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. I want you to know that I enjoy the film very, very much, and it's important to me. So let's get that on the record. You don't have to enjoy anything. Wait a minute. Okay. What what is going enjoyment on is not the point. Enjoyment yeah. is not the point. How, how is this going off the rails so badly? In the end. I know. Look, because this is being my talk. If I can have my thought. <laughs> you guys are friends, right? Have my thought, please. We are, of course. This is what happens. So my biggest takeaway from the show is that I didn't choose an Alexander Payne movie when I got to pick a movie last week. I feel so bad about choosing Margot the Wedding now when I could have picked... Since I brought up Election. Yes, I love Election. It's like a huge <laughs> part of my She's life. But great movie. I've, I have it on DVD, and like I only have like eight DVDs, and God, I'm so dumb. I feel bad. I got to really start doing my research. If only we had a podcast where you could you know, talk about that another time. I know. In, like a, in, a, in a future episode, if only we had a, our own movie podcast. Too bad we're all going to die tomorrow. It's unfortunate. Well, uh, too bad. This is our last show. Thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, I am Michael Govier. Curious show ever. We are going to do a listener uh, comment thing on Instagram. So we're going to have you post movies, and then we're going to pick the one that maybe just by random chance. We'll close our eyes, and we'll point. And we'll pick a listener choice, but we want to get eh, your. Uh, we'll be more discerning than that. Yeah, either way, we'll get your uh, comments. You r- give us a film. Tell us what you'd like us to review as our "Does It Hold Up" segment. 
for the middle part of the show for next week. And uh, we'll make a determination between me, Travis, and our returning host, Eric Branstrom. Luke, we'd really like to thank you for coming on the show, man. Luke, thank you very much. Thanks, Luke. Couldn't have done it without you, buddy. Really? Yeah, I know. It's filling a a role. Thank you. Very (laughs) humble. Poorly. We appreciate it. Modest. Poorly. It's like it's like you take it's like you take your awesome dog to the uh, the groomer and then they give you the wrong one back and then you're like oh no uh, he's kind of similar and then he just fucking fucks up your whole house chews up the fucking furniture you realize it wasn't <laughs> your dog after all it was some other dog that's why it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that's me and you're like that's oh me. this is Luke my dog is Eric that's me that's me Eric is the best someone shaved Eric and made a Luke yeah <laughs> alright don't forget that you can find us on Eric Instagram Cinema 9 Pod email the show Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com <laughs> and we thank you for listening to the show Luke thank you for being our special guest host incredible job next week we'll see you thank same you. time same movie channel thanks everybody mm. bye-bye. bye bye bye